0: I feel so mellow. If you know me, you know that is not my angle. I'm usually really hyped and loud, but when I hear our song <laughs> here on your pals, that stands for Professionals and Animal Lovers Show, I actually feel my blood pressure go down. I feel mellowed out. I should listen to that music every night to go to sleep. It would chill me out. But this is a happy space. This is some a little bit of zen in, in sometimes a chaotic world. This is your Professionals and Animal Lovers show, and I am your nonprofit sector connector. And that other person who hosts this show with me, her name is Val. So I call her my pal Val. And then Jonna Devereaux is here. We're going to introduce, introduce Jonathan, And I think Jovi the dog is here. Shout out to Jovi. What up, dog? How you doing, kid?
1: Hi, everybody.
0: <laughs> I knew she was going to do a funny voice. <laughs> we didn't even prepare. That, that. Is,
1: that is our Jovi voice. Like, even Harry does that. He goes up really high. And he'll, like, make pretend he's you know, Jovi's talking and we, it's kind of like a thing that we do. We personify him with a, with a human high pitched voice.
0: Wouldn't it be funny though, if like his real voice, like in his head, he's like, dude, I talk like this and you keep giving me that high pitched voice. Like if he's like a, a a, kind of like a badass. I said a bad word, but like, like a tough dude and and you're giving him like, no, he's
1: not right now. He's like, well, let me go. So I can go chase the cats.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. All right. A couple of quick things. I got to get out of the way. Um, so some people might want to know, you know, Moisha, the elf, uh, the bench on the bench is there. And next to him is the elf on the shelf. The elf on the shelf has a name now. Um, if you want to know, I'll tell you. But that other noise you hear, that's the Long Island Railroad. Shout out to the railroad. choo.
1: Always. Always. Uh,
0: always. Every time. That's the 202. <laughs> so if you want to know, you can ask me, Val. I'll tell you the name of the elf. If you don't want to know, we'll just keep people in suspense until next year. I
1: have to know what's the name of the elf on the shelf in your house.
0: Jonna, do you want to know? I absolutely want to know. Ricky Ticky Tembo, No cherry Cherryberry Richie, Pip Perry Pembo. If you know the book or you don't know the book, you should know the book because it's a classic. You know the story?
1: Chitty Chitty Bang
0: Bang. Chitty, chitty. <laughs> no, Ricky Ticky Tembo, No rembo he fell into the well and his brother had to go tell the mother that he fell into the well and on and on. And it takes like five minutes for him. He just has to say, My brother fell in the well. But every time he tries to tell the mother, he has to say, Ricky Ticky Tembo, No Sarembo, Cherryberry Richie, Pip Perry Pembo has fallen into the well. The poor little child almost died because of that. Wow. So anyway, that's why it's
1: the mom's fault for that I, name. It's some it's <laughs> someone's fault. I don't know.
0: But that is that is his name now. And now, as I understand, like someone told me, once you name him, now they float around. So I will not stamp in the <laughs> attic at night because that makes me nervous. All right, listen, enough silliness, Tommy D, if there's such a thing you can actually do. Let's be serious. So this show was really founded on the idea that pet lovers, animal lovers, um, pet professionals, people in the industry, people who are business people who love animals, really want to help and support others who love animals. And there's this really kindred spirit and connection amongst this kind of tribe where people who no other folks who look out for animals there's there's just just this innate connection between these people so it's almost as deep as the love and connection between a pet lover or or a pet owner and their pet, Jovi's here. And I was wondering, I'll ask you another time, Val, but I wonder, Elliot, the bearded dragon, which I'm really considering a bearded dragon, but the bearded dragon, I wonder if what his voice sounds like. You don't have to tell me. You can tell me another time if he even has a, a voice, like a personal voice. Does he?
1: It's kind of a dumb voice. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. It's, I should say goofy. It's kind of a goofy voice. It's, oh. He doesn't really move. He just hangs out. And so he'll be like in his hammock. And if we're gonna imitate him, it's just like, "Hello."
0: Because <laughs> sounds lazy. Because he's kind of lazy, just kind of very yeah.
1: lazy, very chill, very you know.
0: Actually, you know what? I could party with him. He's my kind of dude, man. Just he's chill.
1: always on vacation. Yeah. I, 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 I have. I have to just mention what just happened today because Please. this is a case in point example of what we're looking to accomplish, right? by bringing together animal lovers, highlighting people in all walks of business. You don't have to be a pet professional to come onto the show. Of course, we welcome pet professionals too. But, um, you know, a a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had John, uh, the pet painter, as our guest. And he was on last week as well as a featured guest. But he donates a percentage of his commissions back to Animal Rescue's and today he just sent us a great email, and he basically was asking us for a rescue to recommend to him to uh, support with his latest commissions. So we very happily and enthusiastically connected him with uh, you know Regina from Camp Happy Tales, who was our first guest and runs a foster-based rescue at of her house. So that was so exciting to me. I, I almost feel like mission accomplished. You know, we <laughs> of the year with you know it's it's like a victory you know because we're finding ways to support one another in business and in animal causes so i'm i'm
0: I d- hey listen you know what i dig it as a connector that's my whole world so when i was yeah. able to send that text message to you and, and regina and john dingley uh, you know an hour and a half ago i was psyched man because we're yeah. impacting change so uh so that's really special. Uh, and that's what the show is all about. So I, I'm glad you wrote, not wrote, but spoke on that and, and explain that because it is super important. That's what we're here to do is create community. And um, how do you find us? You know, you, you can find us on uh, when you want, want to watch the show, you go to Facebook, Talking Alternative Broadcasting. And then you can also, uh, we'll be on all the uh, podcast platforms after. But when you come to Facebook... You get the video and the audio. It's like a show. It's very fun to watch. I watch us all the time. Even I'm watching us right now, to be honest with you. So that's that's a whole other All right. So look, let's let's get out of the way. Without further ado, this is our actually our last show of the year. Uh, we will be back that first week of January, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I will tell you the exact date when we'll be back, it'll be the 5th of January. In fact, the day before uh, my birthday, um, we'll be back on uh, January 5th. So we we'll take a couple weeks off here at, uh, at PALS, but also talkradio.nyc will be on a break. So without further ado... John i 'm going to read some information about you a little bit of the background, but i'd just like to welcome you to the show and, Me and too. how you got here was through networking through connections if i 'm not mistaken val our our executive producer Sam Lebods made a connection which led to another connection and and that 's how that's how these things happen. Talk about networking, talk about connecting. Um, That's how it all gets here. So shout out to Sam, who is our producer, who's on the other side, taking care of biz for us right now. Sam, thanks for making the connection. And Jonna, thank you for being here. Welcome. And I'm going to read some background, but just do you have anything you want to jump off with before I even tell everybody who you are?
2: First of all, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I love what you guys are doing. And um, I'm just glad to be a part of it and to join you today. So thank you.
0: Very cool. Awesome.
2: And don't go too bad. Don't go too far into that bio. I'm, a I'm not. I won't,
0: I won't. I won't. It's quick. We, we, <laughs> we kind of condensed some stuff. I know how bios go. Okay. You know, I, I yeah, want yeah, to hear your yeah. story. I don't want to tell your story for sure. You know. <laughs> so all right. So real quick, I will say, uh, Valerie will be bringing you home. I do have to sneak away for tend to a family matter this afternoon. All good. No worries. But I do have to slip away right at midway in the show. But Valerie will take you home. No worries. I just want to let you know so you're not going with Tommy D. Go. So all right. So. Jonna Devereaux is a clinical pet nutritionist. She has been a small business owner for over a decade, and she's the founder of Fetch RI for Rhode Island, a holistic pet boutique and supplies retail store. As a clinical pet nutritionist, she has been invited to speak at veterinary hospitals on the benefits of proper nutrition for dogs and cats. So it's not just the stuff you get in a can or a bag, gang. There's absolutely, (laughs) these are, these are living, breathing beings. We should take care of them. I don't know about smoothies. We'll see. John will tell us if smoothies are appropriate. (laughs) Excuse me. Her writings can be found in animal print magazine, Rhode Island's family guide and the 2019 health and wellness guide for Southern new England. She is featured as a trailblazer in the pet industry by pets plus magazine and her store fetch ri has been awarded best of rhode island by editor's pick and reader's choice and it's also uh been awarded top dog Val. that's an award we should give out top dog by animal print magazine and um, just super excited to have you here. Super excited to learn from you. I am yes. going to get out of the way. We want to hear your story. I will tell you this, gang. If you're watching on Facebook, I will share the website for Fetch RI. I'll share it on the Facebook, the Facebook when we go to break. But, Johnna, <laughs> take it away. Tell us about yourself.
2: Yeah. So um, everything you just said, obviously. <laughs> but first and foremost, I'm a dog mom. Um, having my dogs have been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a little sad. I told Val earlier, I lost my boy recently who literally okay, was the, um,
1: he was the catalyst for what I'm doing. His name was Diego. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, but it's my story and I can't yeah. not tell my story without talking about right. the most
2: amazing boy that ever walked this yeah. earth as far as I'm concerned. Diego, um, I was volunteering at the NK animal shelter in Rhode Island. Um, I met him when his, um, his mother that was, uh, abandoned, we picked up and she gave birth. I met him when he was three days old. Um, and it was an instant bond. Um, and I never looked back when I got him home because, you know, at the animal shelter, he had to be there until it was the appropriate time. So I got him at eight weeks old, you mm-hmm. know, and I didn't know anything really about canine nutrition. I've been an herbalist for 20 plus years. So I knew a bit about, uh, you know, just natural health through, through plant medicine. Um, but Diego had a lot of issues. He was at the vet almost every month with an ear infection or hives or rashes. And, you know, he mm-hmm. was my first adult dog mm-hmm. and I didn't want to. I guess it's kind of similar to people that have their first baby, right? Because he was my baby. And so they have a temperature and you're like, panic, right? Because <laughs> it's like, what do I do? So I spent a lot of time at the vets. And then I realized that about seven months old, like the bell went off in my head. This isn't right. This is something something I switched food a million times. I did everything the vet said, and he wasn't getting any better. If anything, he was getting worse. Mm. And so that herbalist <laughs> part of my brain kind of just jumped in and said, Jonna, plants are medicine, food is medicine. What are you doing? Just stop, breathe, and let's go back. And you know, we're going back now almost eleven years. Um, I was and I love books. I'm like a, I'm a book nerd. So I went to the library and I got books and I just started devouring information. And what I realized was that I didn't I didn't know enough. I wanted to know everything that I could possibly know about canine nutrition. Um And so I kind of started taking classes. And let me just tell you, I started making Diego's food um right away when he was eight months old. Again, if I knew then what I knew now, right, because mm-hmm. there's a journey and I know so much more now. But within two weeks of him eating a homemade, a home cooked diet, mm-hmm. all of his problems disappeared. And that so was just- like... Mine, yeah. yeah
1: food is absolutely medicine and I we've been making our own dog food now for I'm going to go with about 5 years, maybe a little longer. Yep. But <clears throat> in in my little journey with my little dog, um, you know, and with the best of intentions, I had a similar experience. We went to one vet then another then another and we followed their directions, but it wasn't working. He had hot spots. Um, he he was getting diarrhea. And actually, really scary to me, Diary, I, I did not know. <laughs> it was like a projectile situation. Thank God I wasn't standing behind it. But I didn't know that could even like happen with the dog. But anyway, the point is that everybody with good intentions said, boil a chicken, give him chicken, rice, and then eventually someone else said, use pumpkin. Pumpkin's going to help bind and all of that. And now my dog was suffering. Like in the middle of the night, we would wake up because he was licking his paws and licking and licking and licking and scratching and scratching. And it as it turned out. Fast forward when we finally found the right vet. He was he's allergic to chicken, to rice, and to pumpkin. I felt like the worst. Warm- oh
0: my god! So you oh god,
1: <clears throat> making it worse. And I the guilt. Let me tell you, it, it's extreme guilt. You know, so so I wish. I, I knew someone like you during that time because you know I'd never even heard of a pet nutritionist back then, you know,
2: yeah, I mean thankfully it's uh we're becoming more common these days, which I think is really important. um you mm-hmm. know, if you think about the human medical world, uh general practitioners will send you to a nutritionist, and it's mm-hmm. about time that in the animal world that that start doing the same thing. So I have a lot of my clients come through veterinary offices because the veterinarians are realizing now that nutrition is so much more than they ever were taught in school and that they can't really devote the time necessary um, to help someone through that journey. Um, So I'm just really lucky and thankful that I can help dogs first and then their pet parents
1: I, I have so many questions. I know we have to go to break, so I'll reserve, I'll, I'll try to reserve. <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: mean, we, we do have to go to a break, but I, I'm totally jazzed, and I have a million questions, too. So we're going to have to do, have you come back or do a one-on-one because yeah. I – you know, I've had to my own health journeys and whatnot in my family. And I think, you know, it's important to to think, you know, as Valerie said a couple times here, food is medicine, medicine is food. I forget who said it, but let that food be medicine, let that medicine be food, right? I we will I'm sure Mick Collins, if he's listening, is gonna answer my questions because it seems like I ask a question on the show and Mick answers it by the next segment. But <laughs> all right, so let's be right back. Uh, this is Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. Going to break, I'm gonna share with you the website for Fetch RI, which looks like a house. Is it your house? Is it or is it a house?
2: No, no, it's actually um it's a house built in 1904 but it used to be um the house from herb Grotsky, uh heinz grotsky who was one of the amazing herbalists so it just was
0: oh wow kismet that my How store perfect. ended yeah, up being kismet. there yeah right on kismet right on. all right awesome i'll show that you tell us more uh-huh. about that when we come back this is the professionals and animal lovers show we'll be right back <laughs> I started this new thing. This is pals of professionals an animal lover show. But I started this new thing that I share the Facebook page and then I kind of hang there when we come back. And I think it's kind of fun because we could talk through some of the stuff. Um, I notice I found that you have products here uh, that you're endorsing, meaning you've done the work, you've done the homework, I guess, John, on the health uh, or either the requirements or or the healthiness, if that's a word, of the food um, that's on your site. So I guess that helps people. don't have to maybe do the work themselves you're you're helping them navigate through this journey is that fair to say
2: yeah i mean one of the great things about my store and what my customers know and what they learn and what goes through word of mouth is that i won't bring anything into my store that i personally won't give to my dogs um i've done my due diligence on all of them i will not carry products that have certain ingredients uh in the formulations and that may upset certain people but it's my store and i will not play any part i love that in making your dog sick so i love that's that. how that goes
0: <laughs> i you know when i when i and this show and my other show when i say i'm going to have somebody on my show i go and it's my show and we can do whatever we want because it's my show and it's like and then i do if i don't know if you guys are south park fans but eric Cartman was whatever whatever i do what i want so i feel like a, you know like a nine-year-old boy acting that way but the point is when it's your deal you get to do that and speaking of your deal uh if people are listening and not watching the website is fetch f-e-t-c-h-r-i.com i will put it in the chat on facebook as well but I just wanted to make a point. So people are going, where is this information, Tommy? And then they don't have it. Now you do. So please um, t- tell us more about that. I know Valerie has a handful of questions for you. Cause I, I know Valerie a little bit and she, she has a lot of questions.
1: There's just like yeah, 5 million good.
2: questions. Yeah, hey, That's okay. So I just consider FetchRI to be my curated store basically where I oh. have done all the research. And when people come to me, um, they can trust that whatever they're buying in the store um, is going to be safe for their dog to consume or their cat to consume because we also uh, help cats as well. So, um,
1: all right. I have to just ask like, um, if you want, we could do it like one at a time, or I can go rapid gunfire and you can pick and choose what you want to answer. But, um, whatever so, you prefer. Okay. First question I have is um, Are you have. Uh, is part of how you look at things. Um, I know there's like Eastern medicine and Western, right? Western Eastern, right? The vet that we went to, interestingly, he's a holistic vet. He has the, the medical side to his profession, absolutely. But he also does a lot of treating through food or uh, vitamins, right? Is that kind of your uh, mentality or also or theories? Like- well,
2: so I'm not a veterinarian. Right. So right. I am just a nutritionist. So um, but I'm also an herbalist, as I mentioned earlier. And so when okay. I talk about herbs, I have been trained in Western herbs, which are going to be herbs that kind of are in my backyard in the United States. Mm-hmm. I am very familiar with um, uh, Eastern medicine. Um mm-hmm. They call it traditional TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. There are Mm -hmm. certain herbs that, and I like, um, I hope this isn't too far over people's heads. I like what we call singular herbs. I like to know what each plant is and what those actions and properties are. And then what I can do is, you know, if um, I can recommend different herbs that you can then make a blend. A lot of the holistic vets Mm -hmm. um, recommend blends that are already formulated Mm -hmm. for certain Mm -hmm. types of. Conditions mm-hmm. if they're damp, if they're you know uh, dry, if they're you know whatever might be going on in their body. So okay, this um, is
1: great. So I you're saying a little
2: bit. I deal with it from a, a different perspective, but it is an adjunct um, therapy okay. that that works with the vets.
1: So I think we were taught uh, or explained something similar. What you're talking about, wet and and dry. Um, it's energetic space energetic i have it i have it yeah, yeah, yeah there you go food energy oh okay now, so what is, is
0: that what, what okay. is that for people who don't know tell us so this they can find it
1: so cool to me I, I was a little skeptical going in but i have to say this is what we use five years later to figure out what we can and should not feed jovi our dog so there is after we he was diagnosed he has allergies right um, to chicken and all of that, we found out that we needed to feed him. This chart is: it's cold, it's hot, and then it's neutral foods. So And they he, also
2: have warm. Yeah, they, there's a there's usually there's five. Oh okay. Oh
1: well, right. Okay, sorry. This says hot, war, warm, hot slash warm. So basically, to keep it simple for me, there's three different colors in this chart. We only feed him from the cool version because based on his composition he reacts poorly to the foods that uh, fall under the hot stuff
0: is this based on so let me ask you because i think this is a good question for people to understand Mm -hmm. is this based on breed either valerie or Jana, or is this based on that individual animal
2: So every animal is an individual. And so there's no blanket answer for any animal. So I'm not a breedist. I'm not one of those people that thinks every Dalmatian has the same problems or every golden doodle has the same problems. I want to look at the animal in front of me and find out what's going on with them. What
0: testing should I get? So if I had an animal, a dog, a cat, what, what should I, how do we diagnose this
2: stuff? So technically... Blood serology tests are not accurate for foodborne allergens. They're only accurate for environmental allergens. So one of the best mm-hmm. ways to determine a food allergy is by a food el- elimination diet. That's the standard traditional 100%. You'll find out very quickly. And what you do is you basically take everything out except for, you know, two or three items. Um, and then you add mm-hmm. back in over time. And then if something comes up, and they start itching or they start having whatever licking or whatever your, what their body manifests, then you can right. identify that's one of the items that so, causes issues. So, so
0: thank you. So, so like, in, in is it not, and I know this is in humans as well. Like it's, it's, I don't want to make it down like it's one basic thing, but it's inflammation is the issue. Is it not like and the inflammation well, an
2: inflammation? It's an immune. It's an immunity response. Right. Right? So we're like responding a with response. because right, like
0: right. the body is feeling attacked and it's like, I got to go get rid of this. Whatever this thing is. It's this a, yeah, it's an
2: immune mediated response. So with humans, they can actually do skin scrapings and that's how they can test food can't really do that with animals. So um, Mm -hmm. I know there are new tests that have come out where they can do um, they can take, you know, samples of hair and kind of do that. I am not that familiar with that science. Um, And I really can tell you that how can, I'm going to say this and this is kind of going to go against a lot of what people have already heard a lot of times it's the quality of the ingredients, not necessarily the ingredient itself that is wow. causing an allergic response. And so I'm not talking Valerie about you and Joby, but I have a lot of people that come to me saying, My dog's allergic to chicken. And I say, Okay, have you ever given your dog chicken that you've, you know, cooked? with no butter or no salt that you just threw on the grill. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do it all the time. I'm like, do you ever see these responses? And it's like, no, it's just from the food. And so you have to start kind of breaking down. Mm -hmm. Is it the quality of the ingredients going into their body or not? So I'm not trying to oversimplify because there are many dogs that cannot have chicken. There are many Mm -hmm. dogs that cannot have beef. Um, But there are... Just to be
1: clear, an animal, just like a human can develop an allergy at any point in time in life, right? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Right. Um, and so it's really about, again, just analyzing the symptoms and the signs and kind of mm-hmm. doing that elimination diet to really kind of um, check all the boxes and then add back in. But quality of ingredients is
1: huge. Okay. I, I totally get that. Things like, I mean, same same with us. Like, you know, we don't want to eat the hormone and um, the... Well, Confused and and um
2: and, and talking about talking about commercial food, mm-hmm. um commercial dog food, commercial cat food, um they're allowed to use different types of meat that are not fit for human consumption. Mm-hmm. So even right. though they come out of a USDA facility and it says yeah. that it comes from a USDA facility, it could be that portion of the animal that we cannot eat as humans because it's not deemed fit for consumption and it can go into dog food. So when I say quality, just because something says on the label, it's from a USDA facility, it doesn't mean anything.
1: Yeah. I have my own issues with the USDA for so many other reasons, (laughs) but um, you know, as it, as it pertains to your work, like, and I know we touched on this before we jumped in, but like, What is a typical customer or client when you said when they get to you, you're normally their last resort, right?
2: Yeah. I, you know, which I'm, I'm totally okay with, you know what I mean? Most people don't want to be the last, but I'm actually excited that I'm the last ditch ever because then they, they're more open to listening to what I have to say. Now, depending on how long the issue has been going on obviously mm-hmm. if it's a newer symptom or a newer situation and they've tried with all of the vets or all of whatever they've done online whatever it may be and then they come to me um you're going to see a faster response than an animal that has been dealing with sickness for years right, right. the body can only heal so quickly and they usually say that the body heals as Quickly, or I should say, it takes as long for the body to heal as it did for the the condition to occur. So, if you've had a dog five oh. years, you won't see the ultimate body response until approximately five years later. However, they um, feeling you'll better, better though, right? They're yeah, no, gonna... you'll, you'll see steps getting better and like right. instantly. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about like, you know, if they have um, yeasty staining, if like the redness on their eyes and their paws, like those things take a little bit more time. I mean, in essence, it takes 180 days for a food um, to really get out of every cell of the body. So when you think about that, um, you'll see improvement right away, but it takes time for the body to heal.
0: Is that similar with us too? Like seeing a thing like six months? Wow. Yes.
2: Which is why... In, in the human world, you hear people say, don't give up on things because right. you haven't seen a response in two weeks. You do need, you know, if you're not, I always tell people if you, you see that they're not feeling worse and they're feeling slightly better, is it that they have? a little bit more energy? Is it that their eyes are looking a little bit brighter? Is it that they're wagging their tail more? Those are the signs that you start to look for because they're Mm. feeling better. And then the body just, you know, will take the time to to respond accordingly.
1: Amazing. It is amazing when you start to see the results. And I am speaking again from our experience, but um, I love this so much. I can't wait. I know we have to go to break, but um, I can't wait. I have so many more questions. So. we're definitely i'll try to be more succinct i'm sorry <laughs> no not at all you're fantastic it's my mind that's like you, this, this <laughs> tommy knows what i'm talking about i would
0: like try being me val you think it's fun hanging out with me try being inside my head you, you know it so we'll be right back This is a professionals and animal lovers show we'll be right back howdy hey
3: it's a franklin back boy
1: We are back at the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. I should really tell everyone that this is our last show of the year. It flew right by. I can't even believe that this is like our 16th episode, I believe. Um, But anyway, we're going to jump in the new year, rubber hitting the road. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, please reach out to myself or Tommy D., um, and I just want to remind you, I, I don't care what you do for work. You don't have to be in the pet industry to be a guest on the show. If you've been watching us, you would recall we've had uh, you know, a lawyer. We've had a guy who sells coffee and donates a percentage to rescues. Um, we had our first guest, Reno Di Maria, who owns a pizzeria in Roslyn, New York. And I met him at an anti-puppy mill protest. So all walks of life are welcome. It's really just about highlighting people who are doing great things for the animals. So we'd love to have you on if you fit that description. If you don't, then you cannot come on the show. (laughs) Kind of like you, Jonna, like there's certain ingredients you don't want in your store, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I, I don't want to take away uh, too much time. I want you to continue to obviously uh, tell your story. But I'm just curious, like, if someone's interested in becoming a pet nutritionist, uh, you know, like, where do you go for that? How long did it take? Is it expensive? You know, all that. Fun. So
2: there's various uh, ways you can go about learning more. Um, there are mm-hmm. a lot of schools that have now popped up around the country um, that are teaching it. I would recommend that you do um, research before you start taking a class. So dogs are in the class of known as carnivorous. So they are carnivores. Um, Mm. There are some schools that have been popping up. They're teaching people that they're omnivores, which is just wildly wrong and against science. And um, it would lead you down a wrong path. They have-
1: Okay, 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 hold on. So you're saying dogs should not eat vegetables? I'm saying that dogs have
2: no nutritional need for carbohydrates. So um, cats, I mean, they, they don't, they can- If we break down the cell walls of vegetables and fruits, they can Mm -hmm. consume them and get nutritional value out of them. Mm-hmm. but they don't have uh for one of i mean there's many things that we can go into but they don't have the amylase enzyme in their mouth which is the beginning of the digestive uh the digestion process so they can't break down the cell walls of the fruits and vegetables which is why you either put huh. them in a food processor to break them down or you want to steam them to break down the cell walls when you give your dog a carrot um mm-hmm. your fi- just as is you'll notice that it comes out the end the other the exact same way.
1: Oh There's, my God, it did, really that. does. You're blowing yes. my mind again. There's a reason it,
2: for that. But if you put it in do. a food processor and you right. curate it up, because I'm a big fan of raw. Um, so I personally okay. prepare my dog's food raw whether you feed home cooked, whether you feed kibble, if you're going to be giving your dog's fruits or vegetables, I say, give it to them raw, depending on the types of vegetables by breaking it down through a food processor, because okay. you're getting more nutritional value out of something that hasn't been processed.
1: Right. So I just, just learned like something right there. That is huge. Because yep. We do that. We, what is, it? we don't do that. We feed, we do incorporate vegetables. Uh, normally it's sauteed. I basically will take ground ground meats usually turn yeah. we cook it which now i'm starting yeah. i wanted to ask about raw diets anyway but we cook it just you know no seasoning in, yeah. in a and then it the juices we we scoop out the ground meat and then put in the vegetables usually that it's like a bag of frozen vegetables that we get from like costco yep i make sure that those vegetables are in compliance with like the chart that that we follow but that said, um, I guess it's kind of steaming
2: them or maybe like, yeah, you're sautéing them. So when you're cooking and yeah. you're breaking down the cell walls, it's just, just like with, uh, humans,
1: the mm. more food,
2: the more that you cook a food, the more nutrition, nutrient loss you have. Okay. Right. So it's okay. more about, um, <laughs> retaining the nutritional value of the food that you're giving them, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, but
1: so this is kind of a, um, controversial sticking point. I don't want to, you know, upset anyone. I have my own feelings on it, but I do know some people, um, you know, through the animal advocacy world, you meet so many people and everyone has different levels of their version of advocacy. Right. So I do know some people who are vegan and they are feeding their dogs, a vegan diet. I'm interested in knowing how you feel about that. So humans are
2: omnivores. And dogs are carnivores. And what we need to do as humans is not project our own dietary desires Mm -hmm. onto animals that require animal protein and meat to be as healthy as possible. I hate to say this, but I have to say this. A lot of dogs that come to me very, very, very sick are those that have been on vegetarian diets for three or four years Okay. The organs in the canine body are not designed to be utilizing protein that is plant-based. And even though there are foods that can make a complete and balanced food through a variety of plant proteins, because dogs need to have all of the amino acids um, that the essential amino acids at the same time. Otherwise it does, the body doesn't process. I won't get into the science of it, but they need all of them all at the same time. So even though you can have a vegetarian food that kind of, patchworks all of the the amino acids together it's still coming from a different source and the body Mm -hmm. and the body just isn't designed um to use plant-based products that way
1: i just feel kind of uh maybe i'm a simpleton on this but i kind of feel like nature is nature and um You know, like a great white shark is never going to go vegan. You know what I mean? Like you can try to feed it lettuce all the time or whatever, but you know, I, I kind of feel like you don't mess with nature, but I agree with you. And, um, I think it's important to allow your, you have the choice as a human, you have the choice of what you're consuming. Your pets don't really have that choice.
2: There have been so many studies done in nature that when you leave dogs to their own devices, They Mm -hmm. will always gravitate towards fat and protein. Mm -hmm. Always. They do not gravitate towards carbohydrates. So basically, no, whether, whether you can, you know, Frankenstein some plant protein together to provide what's some, what's considered complete and balanced, it doesn't mean that it's going to give you a thriving pet. It means Mm -hmm. that you're meeting basic needs. And I can tell you that I want to exceed basic needs and I want my pets to have an optimal life with optimal nutrition and live as long as possible. So that's a difference, but it is, it's everyone's choice. And I'm not going to judge someone for doing it. I would just say, please do more research Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, get a rabbit if you want. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lots of cats. (laughs) Not <laughs> to be rude, but seriously. it's something yeah, they, consider. they need what they need, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's talk about raw diet because I'm I'm very interested in that. I have been for some time, although I haven't done a lot of homework on it. Um, I, I just saw and I actually I'm gonna reach out to them to be a, di- a guest, but I just saw that there's a couple of new um, stores, retail stores that opened up where Tommy is in Long Island, New York. And that's what they offer. They offer raw diet meals and treats and all of that. I am I mean, I'm super. In, so what do you see? You're a fan of it. You said, what do you see it being the ultimate benefit?
2: I mean, it's it's in line with how they're bought, how canines were designed to eat and how their bodies were designed to consume food, right? It that's it in a nutshell.
1: Okay. So it almost goes against like the human intuition of, ew, I can't eat raw turkey. Like that's disgusting. Well, but we can't, but right, we, we as humans can't,
2: right? right? The canine body is designed differently. They're carnivores. They have a stomach pH of between 1.5 to 2.0 when there's food in it, which is the, you know, the equivalent of car battery acid. So the people that say they can't uh-huh. handle the bacteria, well, potentially if there's pathogenic bacteria, their stomach acid is going to completely neutralize that. Raw, uh-huh. however, is not right for every dog. We always have to go back to the idea that every dog is an individual. If you have a dog that is on a lot of medication, for instance, um, for whatever reason, feeding them a raw diet may not be the best thing for them because all of those medications are going to create a more alkaline environment in their stomach. And that Mm -hmm. alkaline environment isn't going to allow that body to destroy the pathogenic bacteria in the stomach Mm -hmm. acids as it would if they, if it was more acidic, right. As it naturally was. So a dog that is on a lot of medication, we'd lean more into making certain you have a complete and balanced home cooked diet. If you wanted Mm. to have, you know, something at the upper echelon of what you could feed them. But I say complete and balanced because it is really important. I have a little science lab in my kitchen um, and it's not hard To Mm -hmm. home cook or to prepare raw food. It just takes discipline and it takes, you know, to study and make certain you're adding everything. Most people, when they are preparing food for their dogs on their own, fail to include calcium, which is Mm -hmm. one of the most important minerals. The ratio of calcium to phosphorus is the most most important ratio in the canine body. And a lot of people, so calcium comes from bone, right? And a lot of people aren't giving bone. So you can get it through seaweed calcium. You can get it through um, food grade bone meal. You can get it through eggshells. There's a a few different ways that you can get it. Each one of the ones that I just mentioned have different benefits versus potential disadvantages. Um, So you just have to know what you're doing. And when you know what you're doing, then your dog will benefit. And if you don't know what you're doing, there are some amazing Brands that have come up onto the market that are commercial raw food, commercial lightly cooked food that you can use um, in place if you're just not confident in your own skill set?
1: I feel like my world is about to get easier because this is one of the, you know, how like when you're in a relationship and you know, you're always negotiating, like, okay, I'll do the dishes if you walk the dog or like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So food,
2: the food <laughs> yeah.
1: is always kind of like, cause it's a big undertaking the way we do it. We'll, we'll cook a whole big batch yeah. and then freeze it. Yep. You know, for, we'll have uh, like a week and a half's worth of food in the freezer. That said, if we don't have to cook anymore. Yay. You know? <laughs> it just got that much easier. Um, before we do.
2: Um, I mean, let me just say that, you know, I. Yeah. <clears throat> I really love making my dog's food. I love the fact that I know that I'm buying the organic, you know, because I, yeah. I do. I add cranberries to their diet. Cranberries are really high in vitamin C, they're high in proandrocyanin. So there are things that I can add to their diet that they're not going to get from a commercial diet. Um, I also know the quality of the meat that I'm using, the quality of the bone, and I'm putting my love into their food, right? Yes, and I'm sorry, I but there's I cook just that all this extra layer. I, yeah, there's just I, an I extra cook a layer. Lot. Right, I don't I, cook for
1: myself. Oh, I <laughs> or do. My I, husband, but I, I cook, make cook for everybody. My I always say this is how I show my love. But before, we're going to go to break. But when we come back, I want to also get into the bones. I want to like no bones about it. We need to talk about bones because it's it's a very big thing with with dog owners and dog moms. Um, so let's go to break and then we're going to jump into bones when we get back. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay.
3: Join us every Tuesday at 4pm Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses,
0: and experts in psychology and behaviour to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday, for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc.
1: Okay, hey, Jonna, we are back. And before I forget to mention this, I just want to let you know that I absolutely love the color of your hair, which oh, thank you. <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast platforms, you can't see it, but trust me, it is beautiful. Um, all right, so I'm learning so much. I just want to say thank you. And uh, uh, Tommy D just texted me. and so said, please make sure you thank Jana. It's a super informative conversation. Yeah. And I really hope that all pet owners, um, dog, lover, dog owners, dog lovers, pet parents, uh, will really, you know, be more proactive because you don't really want to be reactive. You don't want to see your animals suffering. You don't want to see them with the hot spots and you know waking you up in the middle of the night because they have to go out to the bathroom because they can't hold it. You know, there's a lot of mess that can transpire when they're eating poorly. Um,
2: okay, so both. I have a saying, and I'm just going to say it because I think it summarizes what you just said, and it's really important for people to remember. I'd rather invest in my pet's wellness than in their sickness, and so yes. that is being proactive, right? And that yes. you do that through food, you do that through um, supplementation when necessary. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so bones. So let's talk about hundred
1: percent, hundred percent, and us and us too. But you know, um, again, like they don't have the choice in what what's in their bowl. So. Right. All right. My husband and I go out for dinner and he gets a, a big fat ribeye with a bone. Do we bring the bone back and give it to our dog or is that a big no, no?
2: Never, ever, 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 never offer a cooked bone to a dog ever. Wow. <sighs> ever. So oh when God. you, when, wow. you cook a, when you cook a bone, you are basically getting all of the moisture is, is evaporating. Mm. Um, and so you end up creating a very brittle bone and the body uh, okay. doesn't break it down the same way. And so there's a potential for, and I say potential, for intestinal perforation. And so oh, you just want to be gosh. mindful of that. So you, if you're going to offer bones,
1: oh, you're always you're horrible them- pet parents. Wait till my husband hears this. It's like his favorite thing to do. I mean, we don't well, do- Well, then get them raw. You can yes, get a so raw that's bone, what we're right? Do, but I, right. you just blew. And my so, mind. if you go <laughs> get a
2: T-bone steak, you could actually. I know that I know this kind of ruins the steak for the human, but it would be what I would do: take the meat off the bone okay. and then put it on the grill, and give the raw bone to the dog. But okay. yeah, never, ever, ever. That's good to know. That's bone. so good to
1: know. I was talking to someone else a few years ago. She was manufacturing her own line of uh, dog treats, but anyway. <laughs> She's a huge advocate for uh, the raw raw dieting also, but she told me that to do a bone broth, like take a bone, put it in the crock yeah. pot, and then you get- Well, like- you
2: could do that. So that's different, right? So oh, okay. you could take the bone home from the restaurant, though you're going to have some nutrient loss, but you mm-hmm. could take those bones. I actually have a bone broth recipe that um, was picked up in Dogster Magazine because um, mm-hmm. it's a really amazing not to toot my own horn, it's a really amazing bone broth recipe, but you can collect bones and then put them in a crock pot and do a slow um, cook. You need, you know, water to cover the bones. You add a little bit of apple cider vinegar. I also like a little tiny bit of white vinegar just help extract the nutrients because they're rich, full of chondroitin and uh, glucosamine and other musculoskeletal um, minerals. And, um, and so you basically let that cook. I also add okay. turmeric and black pepper just because they're very highly anti-inflammatory I need
1: this I need this recipe. I can tell you right now and I, my mind just personally was was just blown away because you know like once a year it's kind of like our thing and and of course, you know our dog loves it but now I need I, I need to
2: switch gears here. Yeah, And you get a few bones and you can actually, you know, depending on the type of raw bone you get your dog, you know, what I always tell people is the bones that dogs should be consuming are those that are non-weight bearing. So you're looking at ribs, knees, necks, Uh, femur bones, which are a lot of the marrow bones, those are weight bearing. So those would be great to chew on, but they shouldn't be consuming the whole thing. Um, So let them snack on it and chew on it and get the oral health benefit out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then take, I call them the dead bones, take the dead bones and you know, put them in the freezer until you have enough that you can put them in a crock pot and make, make okay. a nice batch of bone broth.
1: It's so good to know. How do you feel about CBD?
2: I think it's amazing if you get the right product. Um,
1: okay.
2: yeah. Um, I'm, there are a lot of products that are on the market. Um, I'm not going to name one specific one, but it was already shown on my website. Um, as an, as an herbalist, I'm very, um, cognizant of the harvesting process, the growing process, extraction process. And so you really want to make certain that you get a, um, a full plant, full spectrum, I should say whole plant, full spectrum, um, CBD product. Those are going to work better because synergistically they're using all of the different, uh, phyto compounds and the cannabinoids in the plant. And they synergistically work together to lift, um, you know, the, the CBD, the CBDA, those types of things.
1: So, Wow. Um, at what point in time, like, so here's the process, right? We got a, we got a dog. Um, well actually Barry surprised me with him, but it was part of our plan. I was like, we're not moving in together unless I get a dog. Anyway, <laughs> it's like our deal breaker, but anyway, um, so let's say someone is, is, I mean, this is the holiday season. A lot of people are, are, this is a, a very popular time to add, you know, a fur baby to your, um, family. And so let's say um, someone adopts a a dog from a shelter. It's two years old. At what point in time do you think they should get evaluated or um, bring the dog to someone like you like right away to figure Um, out what they should be consuming?
2: So I always would recommend anytime you bring a new dog into the home, hopefully you've gotten them from a shelter and you've rescued them. Give them two weeks to decompress before you change anything. Okay. Let, let them get used to their new environment. Don't change their food. Like let them just kind of settle in. Once right. they've settled in, get them to a vet, you know, have like a full health check, get that all together. And yeah. then, you know, do anything and everything you can to make their bowl more healthy. Not everyone can afford raw food. Not everyone can afford to home cook. Mm-hmm. For those people that can only afford kibble, there are things that you can do, you know, just to better their bowl to make it more nutritious. And even if that's taking some cranberries or taking egg, you know, taking cranberries and pureeing them up or um, spirulina or, I, I don't know, wheatgrass, or you can take barley or you can get a raw egg and put it on their food, just something that's gonna provide whole food nutrition, vitamins and minerals is going to better their bowl and make them more healthy. But what I would encourage everyone to do before they get a dog is sit down and look at your budget you know what mm. do you have to spend um and then look think about do you want to spend that amount of money at the vet because they're sick because let's be honest most of us do not go to the vet for wellness visits we're going to them for sick visits mm. and how can you maybe balance that or change it where you're skewing so the money's going towards better food, food so you're minimizing those potential sick visits to the vet, the vet visits once first. you Once you know what your budget is, then you can come to someone like me or you can go to there are a lot of independent pet retail stores that um, they may not be clinical pet nutritionists, but their livelihood is knowing about nutrition and just go get some information. Um, Mm -hmm. But do your research and kind of sit down and manage your expectations. It's not cheap to feed really, really well, but there are ways that you can feed Um, that is beneficial to your dog that isn't going to break your bank at the same time.
1: It is incredible how much I've already learned today. And here I am, someone who I I thought I was kind of on the up and up, you know, I got my little chart and I've got, (laughs) you know, I've got my home cooking thing going on, but you're You're doing great. Thank you. We can always do better. And that's another part is that I, I feel it's important to always strive to improve. So before I forget, because I can't believe this, but we're running out of time, um, I need to have you tell us how to find you, social media, website, however you want people to find you. How do we find yeah. you?
2: So you can find me at FetchRI.com. I'm also the director of nutrition and wellness for Bowel wow Labs. So if you want to go read some of my blogs, which has a lot of this information, you can go to BowWOWLabs.com as well. And social media, it's the same FetchRI or bowel wow Labs. Okay.
1: That was fantastic. And um, holy shenanigans! I can't believe this is almost over. All right, Tommy's going to kill me if I don't say our closing quote. This is by, of course, the legend and the wonderful um, humanitarian Mahatma Gandhi. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged can be judged by the way in which its animals are treated. Everyone, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of the show, whether you listen, whether you're a guest, whether you're just, you know, someone who listens to me ramble. Um, I love you all. Happy holidays. And, Jana, thank you for everything that you do for the animals. You were a form- you. spectacular guest. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you again. Um, To Dream Come True being on this show. Thank you, Sam Liebowitz, also on the other side of the glass. And to Tommy DeMisa, the best co host of all time. (laughs) All right, everybody, take care.
3: Run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last twenty-five years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL, every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.